The following is a hoop ball presentation. Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Tuesday's edition of Fantasy NBA Today. I am your host, Dan Bespris, and we are a HoopBall presentation. Thanks to everybody that has continued to check out HoopBall this year. I know a number of you have gone over that way. I think I think we're setting records this year at HoopBall. I believe growth continues to make this the most read season which makes sense because this is our also our most listened to year of the podcast so far, which, by the way, is uh, pretty sweet considering uh, the fact that this is this weird pandemic year where nothing at all makes sense. And I know a lot of people that just didn't even play fantasy basketball this season. So uh, very grateful that you guys have continued to stick with us here, even in these odd times. And I'm sure everything will come looping back around to normalcy at some point. But whatever. Any event. We are, uh, we're off and running here. It's, uh, it's Tuesday. It's a Monday recap, Tuesday preview. Pretty simple run-of-the-mill show. Nothing out of the ordinary. I do have some thoughts to throw your way on a couple of our partners on today's show. I'll sprinkle those in the middle of the pod. And here at the front end, I will once again thank you guys for dropping those five-star reviews on the podcast. We just went zipping past my next target of 625. So I guess my next target is 635. I want to see 635 reviews. So if you have a moment, please do so. Use the podcast app on your mobile device. Uh, If it's an Apple-branded one, I guess. That's the podcast app. Search for Fantasy NBA today. Click on the show title and scroll down to the bottom. And that is where you can do it. And if you've done it already and you're thinking, man, I really want to do one more thing for Dan, uh, grab your buddy's phone or your spouse or whoever, parent's phone. Just grab the phone, go in and do it on their phone, and then give them back their phone. They'll never even know it was gone. (laughs) click subscribe while you're over there they'll wonder why they're getting a fantasy podcast delivered to their phone every day let's talk about some monday games it was a uh somewhat quiet monday from a fantasy perspective we'll try to see if we can isolate a few things as we work our way through it it's a larger than average tuesday so that's kind of fun we got a few things to preview going that way and we're closing in on the all-star break just a shade over a week away chicago uh, was at Houston. By the way, you can follow me on Twitter at Dan Bespris, D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S. Everybody was watching the Houston side in this game because of the DeMarcus Cousins getting waived, which that I would call it news, but it was sort of a it was a report. It was a, a semi-rumor report from Shams. I mean, we can generally trust what Shams and Woj say. And the Rockets pushed back and said, no, he's not gone yet. They, I don't know if they said yet, but we certainly got the impression that they were saying yet. And then he sat this one out with a heel injury anyway. So uh, something foul is afoot in Houston. The the honeymoon period of not having James Harden is long since worn off, and they're just getting whipped every single ball game. So with Christian Wood, likely, I would assume he's back out of the All-Star break. I'd be very surprised if he's back before that. It's possibly might even need a little bit of time on the other side anyway. The Rockets have gone back into a P.J. Tucker-Justin Patton center rotation which just screams ugly all over it you know that was something that worked when Harden was able to be the guy in the 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 ball control everyone else just spread out around him 
And that was sort of this fun, ultra small ball thing they had going on. Now they're just really small, but don't have the skill to beat anyone with it. Like, yes, John Wall, he's fine, but he's not James Harden. He can't create for himself and others the way James Harden can, specifically not in the half court. One of Wall's greatest advantages throughout his career has been his speed. If he can get you on the fast break, great, then you can spread the floor out. But you get into the half court, and things get a little bit clunky fast because he's not that great of a shooter. Not that Harden was a great shooter, but he's pretty damn good, and Lord knows he can create in the half court iso or pick and roll whenever he wanted. So we look at the Rockets now, and yeah, they're down a couple of bodies. Victor Oladipo's down. Christian Wood is down. Uh, Eric Gordon was is in, but he hasn't, and this has always been kind of the rub with Gordon, is that his percentages might hurt you more than his volume helps. But he's in there, so fine. Gordon's going to play a bunch. He's going to take an absolute truckload of shots when he's on the floor, and for better or worse. John Wall, he's going to play his minutes. There'll be more if it's not a blowout. And then we're going to be looking for guys around them. And what we talked about on yesterday's podcast was, what about the three guys kind of vying for the same general wing minutes? Jay Sean Tate, David Nwaba, Daniel House. Those three guys actually had the three best games for the Rockets on the night, along with the fourth member of that weird Beatles team, uh, Sterling Brown, who's proven himself to be an incredible three-point shooter. I bet they could get something for him on the trade market. And, you know, this, this team is looking more and more like a seller as we approach the deadline. Jay Sean Tate had 12-8 and eight with three steals and two three-pointers. I don't know that you can count on the threes happening most nights. David Nwaba had 22-9 and nine with two steals and a three-pointer. And Daniel House had 15 points, six boards, and four three-pointers with one steal. He's going to be the guy that hits more threes than the other dudes. Nwaba and Tate, not really their game. Those are your rebounding, slashing, steal-getting wings. Uh, we've seen Tate having some issues at the free throw line. Nawaba had a few issues at the free throw line yesterday. House is a better free throw shooter, although he did miss one out of his two as well. Jay Sean Tate is likely the obvious choice, the, the sort of lead horse in this one, because he's starting and he probably continues to start even when Oladipo and Wood come back. The guys that go to the bench would be either House and, uh, and Gordon or... I guess you could say House and, yeah, only Tucker goes to the bench. He slides down to power forward. Does Go- Yeah, it's probably Gordon and House that go to the bench because Eric Gordon likes to come off the bench. He likes to be the, the gunner when he doesn't have to settle in with the first unit. But he'll still get his minutes. And then as we talked about yesterday, also, if P.J. Tucker gets traded, then you're talking about, you know, Justin Patton as the lone backup center. But that would be a Christian Wood playing center minute situation. So Tate's going to likely get his small forward minutes. Will there be enough when the team's fully healthy? Eh, probably. It'll be close. Nawaba and House probably right behind. And then Sterling Brown sort of a rung behind those guys as well. So I think you can add Tate. I think you can just play him. I think you can stream Nawaba and House as long as Oladipo is out. And... uh. Certainly when Depot and Wood are both out. When Christian Wood comes back, you may want to, I would say, dial back the aggression on Nawaba and House, since that pushes P.J. Tucker down to power forward, and that pushes House and Nawaba's minutes into more of a small forwardy bucket. That's where we're sitting on the Rockets right now. So Tate, he gets the ad right now. He has 
streamer with benefits written all over him. He's got rest of season potential. Nawaba House, there, there's potential there. And then, as we mentioned also on yesterday's show, I know I'm repeating myself a little bit if you listen to the Monday episode. If Tucker gets traded, you could legitimately see all three of those guys with fantasy value. Tate would be almost, he would be basically be a lock. And then between Nawaba and a house, you might see them kind of alternate a little bit. I would probably lean ever so slightly to Nawaba, even though house was the one who was starting. Uh, if only because, you know, David field goal percent tends to be better. The steals, the rebounds, that kind of stuff can float things a little bit, but we'll cross that bridge when we get there. We know Tucker's on the, the block. You can, you can add them and stream them in the short term and maybe you get lucky and something breaks their way, and then you're the guy with the that player on your team already. That makes sense. That's kind of the streamers with benefits idea in a nutshell. On the Chicago side, Wendell Carter Jr. got ramped up to full bore here against the very small Rockets. 18-13, two steals, three blocks. He looks like he's a start now. Uh, Kobe White boinked his head, but he came back and played, so that was good. And Patrick Williams had another big ball game. He's been surging, and it's been kind of at the expense of Thad Young who, again, managed to have a good ball game regardless of his low minutes, 17, 8, and 5, and only 20 minutes of this one. That's a little bit, and I said this after the last one, it's a little bit disconcerting that he's taking a hit, but they won. And I do think you probably see Patrick Williams run into a little bit of a wall here soon, at which point Thad gets a boost, and Tomas Sadoransky saw extra playing time in this one, which might not happen on a night-to-night basis. Uh, so don't don't punt on Thad Yet, but if the minutes hang in at the 20 range, he's a guy that would end up being a cut in that spot. Mind you, Larry Markinen could be back on the other side of the All-Star break, so kind of stay tuned for that. This uh, Memphis-Dallas game was not nearly as close as the final score might have indicated. They were getting beat uh, senseless for most of the ball game. Memphis let Ja run probably longer than they needed to. Uh, but no, no massive news in this ballgame. De'Anthony Melton only got 16 minutes. Grayson Allen's cooled off quite a bit. He got 25. Slow-mo, 25. Brandon Clark, 26. So I liked that. That was good. Justice Winslow, 25, and he was horrible. And for Memphis, they continue to be a really annoying fantasy team because they're running basically 10 rotation guys right now. They're, they're playing 10 guys, and they're trying to get all 10 of those dudes decent minutes. Maxi Kleba turned his ankle on the Dallas side, which is only notable because maybe it gets Willie Cauley-Stein or Dwight Powell over the cut line in the short term, but I ain't risking it. Luka wasn't good. Luka went two for nine at the free throw line in this game, and they still won it no problem. They won it going away. This game actually dropped Luka back to number 23 in nine cat. One bad free throw shooting game can be... Uh, a real bummer when that's a thing that you need to help boost your value when some of the other stuff you're doing is is so darn good. You just sort of need to be okay. Doesn't matter, though. Uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. had one of his explosion games. He had 29. Jalen Brunson's been actually pretty good for this Dallas team. He has uh, large fantasy issues that haven't really been addressed. Like, he's he's not a guy that needs to be rostered. He's averaging 12 basically three and four on the year. Over the last month, he's at 12, four, and four. So things haven't changed a whole lot. He's just been sort of quietly useful. Over the last two weeks, he's averaged 16, five, and four. They haven't played as many games over that stretch, but his minutes have been up. And I I guess the question really is, 
what's the what is the actual plan for this dude? He gets no steals and blocks, so he has to be extraordinary in both percentages, points, rebounds, assists, and threes, which he also doesn't take that many of, to make sure that he can stay above water when he's not doing anything. I mean, literally nothing on the defensive side. He had a steal yesterday, but he has like two in the last three weeks. He probably makes sense from a points league perspective because he does score, he does board, he does assist, and it seems like he's getting better and more confident as a basketball player. I just, I don't know. Nine-cat-wise, you're looking at a guy who is a large negative in two very clear categories, steals and blocks, and not really, he doesn't really do much in the three-point shooting realm. I did a couple lately, but, you know, that's been, that's been the exception and not the rule. Uh, points leagues, yeah, I think you can go for it. Category leagues, let's just keep an eye on him. He's He's been sort of slowly trending up as guys like Josh Richardson, who did have a better ball game this time around, but as Richardson's been somewhat inconsistent and they don't trust Trey Burke, there's, there's a lot more going on in the front court for this Dallas team than there is in the back court. And so they've kind of found something in Brunson, who's been very efficient to his credit. That's been useful. You know, he's been able to post a good... Field goal percent. Uh, but there are just there are just troubles. Uh, there are troubles here, and I don't know. I don't know specifically how they get addressed in nine cat at the very least. Portland got blown out in Phoenix. The Blazers uh, kind of running out of gas after that big performance on their last road trip. This is an ugly one, and you can throw it out. Gary Trent played huge minutes for unknown reasons that I. Don't fully understand, uh, but yeah, just, just sort of move along from this one. Devin Booker, 34-4-4. Four, and four. His efficiency continues to be solid, and he's pushed himself up now to number 75 in nine category leagues, now shooting over 50% from the field on the year on 18 shots a game, and this one he only had 17. So uh, again, with blowout, if this was closer, he probably would have gotten another three or four shots in the fourth quarter. DeAndre Ayton, 19-5, and five, a steal and a couple of blocks. That's that's good for his stuff. He's right next to Booker at number 74. Both of these guys need a shot in the arm. They need a shot in the arm, and uh, this ball game certainly trended in the right direction. Chris Paul had a rare off night, but it didn't matter. They they smoked the Blazers right from the outset. If you're Booker, you might be looking at a little bit of a sell moment. I, I just I don't know that he's ever going to have the usage level that he had even close to last year and this is this is about as close a game as he has had to it you're gonna have to convince someone after this ball game that this is now the the norm and not the stuff that we've been seeing which is you know like 24 25 points which is not bad but not at all what we were hunting for i do think that he continues to trend up you know he's at number 75 right now and uh for Booker, he's actually been playing pretty well lately. He's number 40 over his last seven, eight ball games. 28 points, four boards, four and a half assists. Still no steals, no blocks. Two threes, good percentages, obviously, there. And that's probably your target. He's more like a top 40 fantasy player this year. And you hope that he can compile his way to better season-long numbers. In fact, you know, he said 75 Overall, he's right in that same realm 
was 76, right? Is that what I said before? Is it 76? But, you know, he hasn't played in, in more games than other people or anything like that. He hasn't been particularly dinged up, but he missed a game here and there. So either way you slice it, you're probably looking at a top 40 type of guy. And if you took him on the turn, that's a tough pill to swallow. Charlotte was winning with uh, about 15 minutes left, and then crazy things happened. Jazz went on this insane run. They hit 28 three-pointers in the ballgame. Even reserve role, Joe Ingles had a big one, but that's probably not going to last. George Niang hit seven three-pointers in seven tries in this game. Gordon Hayward aggravated his wrist injury. Hopefully, he'll be good to go pretty soon. P.J. Washington played well. LaMelo Ball looked pretty good. Terry Rozier had a slowdown. Cody Zeller, we knew he was going to have a tough one with uh, Rudy Gobert, but definitely watch this because we've seen now a couple of slow ones in a row from Cody. Is this the slowdown we always knew was on the way, or is this just a minor blip? You're not punting on him yet, but watch closely. Do I trust Joe Ingles off the bench? I do not. Do I think Royce O'Neal is under... Rostered, I do. Eight and eight, five assists, a block, two three-pointers. That's a good ball game. He only got pushed down the board because of four weird turnovers. Jazz had 22 turnovers in this game, but shot 53% and hit 28 threes. That's really something. Wow. Miami 108, OKC 94. This is another crazy one. I had a bet on the Thunder, and I just watched with my mouth hanging open as they blew. They were up nine midway through the third, and then it just it just went nuts on him. Duncan Robinson finally had a big wake-up game. 22 points, 7 boards, 2 steals, 6 three-pointers. This is, I would officially call this signs of life from Duncan. He's still at number 156 overall in the year, but largely because that field goal percent has to come up. But this is a good start. This is a move in the right direction. Kendrick Nunn is just rolling these days, and that'll probably continue until Goran Dragic comes back. And the Heat... Somehow won a game when they just, they didn't have energy. They got lucky. The Thunder didn't really either outside of Shea and Isaiah Roby. The the Thunder's lack of depth, I think, is what ended up kind of doing them in in this ballgame. Too many turnovers, not enough rebounds. And uh, yeah, they just, they, they fell apart late. They couldn't generate anything. Lou Dort, still not good from a fantasy perspective. Baisley... Eh, a little bit better in this game. Theo Maladon, 8 points, 5 boards, 5 assists, 2 three-pointers. I need a steal. I don't know where the steals went. He looked like a guy that was going to get him. And admittedly, we don't have that much of a sample size here, so we're going kind of on a few games and tracking what the steal rate was. But all of a sudden, it's vanished. I'm sticking with him. He played 33 minutes here, and he's going to play big minutes, provided George Hill doesn't timeshare him for a couple of weeks looking into the trade deadline. But even if he does, I think you kind of have to roll with it. There's some pretty good upside with Maladon, especially as his team, you know, this is a slow ball game. Miami ground this thing to a halt. A lot of the time you're going to see higher scoring games, uh, hopefully more than seven shots, although it does seem like he's a little bit gun shy at the moment. But I do still like Maladon. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I guess when we're talking about players on today's game, if you're comparing him to Jalen Brunson, you probably take the guy who's likely to have a 33-minute starting role. Although, admittedly, Brunson has been better lately. And then the Wizards came back, beat the Lakers in overtime. Lakers blew a double-digit lead late here as well. Russell Westbrook, 32-14-9, missed a ton of free throws again. I mean, he has completely fallen apart at the foul line. 
Beal, 33. Uh, Davis Bertans had another slow one, but did play 28 minutes. Another two-for-nine performance. That's sort of been the thing lately. And then no one else, to me, is even on the radar on this team. Rui more so in a points league. I should throw him a bone there. Lakers are the more interesting team in this ballgame. And overtime helped. Yes, that's fair for certain. Uh, Kyle Kuzma, 14-11, two blocks, four three-pointers. Percentages were a downer here. But overall, this was sort of the game you were hoping for as the Anthony Davis fill-in. I actually like Marc Gasol more right now. And I, I talked about that on yesterday's show and even a little bit late last week. You know me. I don't care that much about scoring. And he had seven points again. But two threes, five boards, four assists, two steals, three blocks. That's really good. That's a very round fantasy line. If he didn't go one for three at the free throw line, he actually would have had one of the better lines on the night in the league. Like if he makes two out of three or all three of his free throws... 9-5-4-2-3 with two three-pointers and good foul shooting? He's been weird at the free-throw line this year. I don't know what the hell is going on there. Luckily, he doesn't take very many. Uh, I'm adding him in a punt points spot. I don't know if I have the stones to add him in other situations because there is a very distinct possibility. He plays 20 minutes in the next game and goes for four points, four boards, two assists, and one block. And if you're not punting points, that would be a real crushing night. Luckily, he's literally only attempting three-pointers right now. He's taking like four threes a game, and he's making one or two of them. And it levels off to some 30-odd percent on the year. Uh, so he is right now a prototypical punt points nine, or I guess it would make him eight category, uh, with the missing one being scoring. But he's a nine-cat monster in this Anthony Davis fill-in spot. Still, uh, Lakers are, are a bona fide mess with, uh, without Anthony Davis. Their defense is horrible. They're not getting particularly good looks on offense. But here's the thing. Even if you're not punting points, Gasol is inside the top 90 over the last week, basically since the Anthony Davis injury, on eight points, four and a half boards, three assists, a steal, two blocks, and over two three-pointers a game. Which, by the way, if you're then punting points, it moves him into sort of like a top 50 valuation. But even if you're not, he's actually there anyway. You know who's not over that last stretch? Kyle Kuzma, who admittedly got closer with yesterday's ballgame, but over the last seven days, he's number 134. He's scoring 15 points and hitting three three-pointers over that stretch, but high-volume 41% shooting and uh, low-volume 60% free throws have really weighted him down. No assists. He's just getting a block. That said, I think you could probably make a case to roll with either of them. I just happen to prefer my roto guy, and that's Mark. Alex Caruso played 31 minutes yesterday. That was of note. I would love it if he played 31 minutes every ballgame. I don't think he will. And that was your Monday recap. Almost lost track of what day it was. Uh, I wanted to mention, and I told you guys a, a bunch about ExpressVPN in yesterday's podcast, so today i got to remind you guys of our longest tenured sponsors, and those are our buddies at Manscaped.com and mybookie.ag. Manscaped.com. Use promo code HOOPBALL20 on your order to get 20% off and free shipping on whatever you get over at Manscaped.com. They have now... I, I love these guys, man. They they are a great partner. They really take care of us here at HoopBall. They've sent me some cool stuff to demo. I've demoed the Lawnmower 2.0 last year. 
Now I've demoed the Lawnmower 3.0, and I love the built-in LED light. That thing is so cool. I, listen, I don't like you guys. Probably, I'm betting on the whole. There's an Austin Powers joke for you. I'm betting overall. Uh, you guys have brighter homes than I do. My my office slash bedroom slash nook <laughs> is uh, the window faces another apartment complex, and I have a giant hoop ball banner over it, which you guys have probably seen on our live shows. So I don't get a whole lot of light back here. Having even in the daytime, having a a sideburn trimmer that illuminates what I'm trimming has been a game changer. It, earlier in this pandemic, I was trimming my sideburns and I just went too high. I swear, I swear to the good Lord, I looked like such a moron. Thank the thank heavens that I wear glasses and the earpieces of the glasses covered up the fact that I just like chopped off a bunch of hair near my ear. You know when that wouldn't have happened? If I had a damn LED on my sideburn trimmer at that point. And now I do. The Lawnmower 3.0, 20% off and free shipping with promo code HoopBall20. And if you don't need a full-scale sideburn trimmer, they have an ear and nose hair kit. They have the plow. That's just the straight razor. Shears, that's a luxury nail kit. They, sh they have replacement blades for all of the above. They have deodorant, body wash, toner. They have foot deodorant, which sounds kind of gross, but I guess some folks have sweaty feet. I sit at home in socks all day, so that's not a problem for me. Um, boxers, T-shirts, travel bags, shaving mats, it's good stuff, man. This is a company that that decided they were going to do one thing and do it well, and that's grooming. So check them out for us, manscaped.com, promo code HOOPBALL20. And then our longest tenured sponsor, our buddies at mybookie.ag. I've been giving out prizes left and right for those of you that are opening up betting accounts and betting along with us here at HoopBall. And I'll continue to do it, man. I'll give out prizes as long as I got it. Go to mybookie.ag, use promo code HOOPBALL, H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L, when you open your account, make your first deposit, and either hit me on Twitter at Dan Bespris, D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S, or email teamhoopball at hoop-ball.com. Say, Dan, I opened an account and I made a deposit. What you got for me? And I got something for you. Basically, I'm going to give you a free wager. That's effectively what it is, with no strings attached. That's how I roll, man. You're going to love it, I promise. MyBookie.ag, they've got the casino, free blackjack tournaments every single day, even if you don't want to bet any additional money. I've done those for basically every single day I play their blackjack tournament, and I just bet huge with the free chips they give me. On the off chance, maybe I go on a crazy like 15-16 hand run, then I'll win actual money. Dude, the Survivor Tournament they had during the NFL season, that was so cool. I can't believe I won $115. I didn't do anything. I crowdsourced my Survivor picks, and I made it through the whole year thanks to you guys on Twitter. And, uh, and I won 115 bucks for doing nothing. I know, it's not a game-changing amount of money. But I bought my kid a video game, got myself a, a meal out. Not out, delivery. Well worth it. Made the kid happy, made my tummy happy. MyBookie.ag, promo code HoopBall. Go check that sucker out right now. Here's your Tuesday preview. Big card tonight. Nine games and a lot of really interesting betting angles that I will hint at as we kind of sprint through it. We're not a particularly long podcast today. Atlanta is in Cleveland taking on the atrocious Cavaliers. I want nothing to do with this ballgame. I don't know, man. I, like, if, is Cleveland mailing it in now? 
Because if they're mailing it in, they're going to get steam trained. If they're really focused, guarding the Hawks right now is, I don't say easy, because when you run someone at Trey Young, when you trap Trey 30 feet from the bucket, that means that three of your defenders have to guard four offensive players that can move and space themselves out in a way that makes it almost impossible to guard them. Still, if you make, you got to make someone else in the Hawks beat you besides Trey Young. You just have to. Fantasy-wise, I'm very interested to see if Gallo can get it going. His minutes have actually trended back down a little bit lately, although he did finally show a little efficiency in their last ballgame. And then on the Cavaliers' side, I mean, no team needs an offensive player more than Cleveland. Colin Sexton is a decent player. Darius Garland is an okay player right now. and Maybe he gets better over time. Uh, Jared Allen is a decent center, but not an offensive center. And then their other options are just, well, whatever. You guys don't need to hear that. Fantasy-wise, blech. Detroit is in Orlando. The Pistons, without DeLon Wright, did not look good in that last ball game. Hopefully they get more in this one out of Dennis Smith Jr. Uh, Saban Lee came off the bench and outplayed him, but I don't trust either of those guys. There's going to be a lot of Jeremy Grant. There's going to be a lot of Josh Jackson shooting, which, you know, that's not necessarily a good thing, but... Points formats, fire his butt up in the short term. He is going to do a lot of ill-advised stuff, but they almost don't have a choice at this point. And then, you know, Mason Plumlee, they're going to need the veteran out there. Uh, And Sadiq Bey, he's played relatively well here in his starts for Blake Griffin, and he should be ready to sort of plod along. Honestly, I'll take plodder as a rookie. If you can avoid the giant peaks and valleys, that'd be kind of oppressive all by itself. On the Orlando side, Evan Fournier's looked really good since coming back from his his uh, back injury. Let's hope that that stays in check. You know, he's perpetually on the Dan Bespris old man squad because every year he gets drafted at 110. And outside of one season where he couldn't shoot, he beats it. He's at 83 right now. But by totals, he's not because of that back injury. 19 points, three boards, four assists. This could actually be Fournier's best year because he needs to do more ball handling which would have been a great segue into the Manscaped ad, but, I, you know, too late for that now. Uh, Michael Carter-Williams is a watch list guy. He's, uh, he's not been good enough in category leagues, not close, actually. He's been a little closer in points leagues, but I do think that with his usage even trending down already, a return of Aaron Gordon, probably on the other side of the All-Star break, might render him useless in both. But you're not going to give up on him. Not going to give up. And then Al Farouk Aminu has a weird outside shot at value. I don't think it's going to stick, but maybe they slowly ramp him up to 27, 28 minutes. Even with Gordon back, Aminu could be the sort of... They could start Gordon at small forward if they wanted to and start Aminu at power forward. By Not at all someone you're grabbing yet, but someone that you can kind of put on the back burner. That's That's it at this point. Let's not get out in front of ourselves. Warrior is expecting to get James Wiseman back for this game in New York. That should be kind of fun for them. Although, I actually think this is a weird one. The Knicks beat the Warriors in Golden State earlier. So, there is revenge on the Warriors' side. They are also the uh, heavily public team in this particular matchup. I think it's just going to be a good ball game. I think it's going to be a good ball game. Uh, the Knicks have the right... I don't want to say they have the right pieces, necessarily. Like, they're not going to... They don't have the right pieces to slow down Steph. 
but they do have a lot of things they can throw at him. And so, uh, I know I'm getting into sort of like a, a bit of a betting tangent here in a game where fantasy-wise, you're, you're almost exclusively looking at the Knicks side. When these two teams met, the Knicks got 28 out of R.J. Barrett, six players in double figures, including Peyton, Burks, Mitchell Robinson, who was healthy at that point. Reggie Bullock had 12. Julius Randle had 17 boards and 9 assists. He actually didn't shoot all that great. When the hell was that game? That game was on January the 21st. Do the Warriors care? I'm actually inclined to think that they might. Golden State shot 38%. Steph was decent, and the rest of the team was pretty wretched. Draymond Green got ejected, remember, 17 minutes into that ballgame, so that didn't help. Wiseman played. He was decent. Wiggins was and Wiggins was actually okay. Kelly Oubre was horrific. He went two for eleven. There's a lot of stuff looking at that ball game that uh, makes you think the Warriors have a pretty good shot to sort of bounce back here. But fantasy wise, on the Knicks side, we're just hoping that any one of those six dudes in timeshares can separate themselves. Category leagues, of course. Points leagues, you can stick with R.J. Barrett. I try to throw that in wherever I can. I and you guys rightfully kind of yelled at me for not mentioning points leagues on the pod, so I try to hint at it wherever it's relevant. But right now, Alfred Payton, Alec Burks, Emmanuel Quickly, Derek Rose, Reggie Bullock, none of those guys is a factor in any league. Standard. Any 12-teamers or smaller. They're not. And I wish they were, but they're not. Who has the uh, best path out of that group? Probably Emmanuel Quickly. Because he's shown himself to be so damn willing to go high usage in a limited role. But the minutes just aren't there for any of those five. Reggie Bullock has the highest minute total in the group. But he also has one of the slowest, least interesting fantasy potentials among the group. Onward and upward. Philly in Toronto. This is a totally uninteresting fantasy game. Should be a fun regular reality game. It's part of a uh, rematch set. Toronto won the last one. Boston is in Dallas. Mavericks on the back-to-back, but they're pretty well-rested. They didn't play for a week before this one, so I wouldn't worry too much about that. Um, I think Dallas plays a good ball game. Luka was horrible last night. He'll be better in this one. Boston's been uh, fairly unpredictable of late. They blew a giant lead in their last ball game. Time Lord, there's your guy to watch on the Boston side. Dallas, I guess we can keep watching Jalen Brunson. And then if we get a report on Maxi Kleba, I guess you could consider a big man stream, but probably not, because hopefully Kristaps Porzingis resurfaces here in the not-too-distant future. Sacramento in Brooklyn. Nets only laying 6.5 to a badly slumping Kings team that I think is hoping to get Harrison Barnes back. Rashawn Holmes returned for their last ball game. Kings need a win, uh, and they need a signature win. And this, feels, this smells like that weird game where the underdog's like, all right, this is the wake-up time. Uh, for the Kings, I don't really care about much, especially if they get their main guys back. Brooklyn, it, it, uh, they sort of dodged a bullet. Sounds like Jeff Green is just a shoulder contusion and not a sprain or anything else worse that would have held him out for multiple weeks. He is day to day. My guess is that he sits one out. There's sort of no reason to push it. And that means you're going to get a whole lot of DeAndre Jordan. Um, it's going to be. James Harden, Kyrie Irving, Joe Harris are going to take a lot of shots in this game, and DeAndre Jordan's going to get a bunch of rebounds because the Kings are going to want to run it. I will say this. The Nets, who have played a little bit better defensively, uh, Sacramento's going to spread them out a bit. They're going to try to run them. 
Hence the very high total, 242. Minnesota in Milwaukee, Timberwolves with their new head coach. I don't know that much changes from a personnel standpoint, but we'll see. Ricky Rubio's looked good. Anthony Edwards has slowed down a little bit here after kind of a mini surge. He's a rookie. He'll be fine. His trend line is pointed up, but that's you go. You get up a week, down a week, up a week, down a week. You just want that the ups to be a little bit bigger than the downs, and at the end of it all, he'll be a little better at the end of each two- or three-week stretch. Milwaukee, boy, they could use Drew Holiday back. He's not back for this ball game. Um, he is back with the team, but he's getting his conditioning in shape. He's missed a bunch of time with COVID. And uh, so you still get these goofball fill-ins at the smaller positions on the floor. Not much going on there. Portland in Denver on the altitude back-to-back where the Blazers sat their guys in the fourth quarter in Phoenix. So normally, this would almost be an auto-Denver play for me. Uh, I'm probably leaving this ball game alone. Nuggets side... Uh, Gary Harris, Paul Millsap, Jermichael Green all ruled out early, which means they're going to go small, and that means Facundo Campazzo probably has another game of streaming under his belt, and maybe Monte Morris as well, who is less exciting in his time on the floor, but also quite good, 9-cat, because he's so very efficient. That said, if your team is already decent in turnovers, then Monte Morris loses a bit of his appeal as a high assist-to-turnover guy. Anything on the Portland side? Yeah, I guess Derek Jones Jr. has been playing better lately. And then the Wizards on the back-to-back taking on the Clippers. They got that crazy overtime win over the Lakers last night. Do they have anything left in the tank? That's a scary ball game. Will the Clippers take them seriously? They should. Wizards have won six games in a row. Wait, five games in a row now. Clippers basically back at full strength, uh, minus Nick Batum, I believe, still in the concussion protocol. But Paul George looks like his minutes limit is probably about done. And then Patrick Beverly back up near full tilt minutes as well. You guys know I like Pat Bev for nine cat roto. Keep an eye on that. The this you know everybody puts up numbers against the Wizards, so that this would be an interesting spot to to roll them out there. Zubots has been putting up zoos lately. Twenty one minute performances and back end center type stuff for the Wizards. Man, we'd really love to see one other guy get in the mix, but I just I don't see it happening. What are we recruiting for this week? Question of the day, eh? Question of the day. What are we recruiting for this week? We've already talked about gaming. We've talked about team pods. We've talked about fantasy. We've talked about sales. What's left? Well, this is a week I'm recruiting those of you who have harebrained ideas that I haven't mentioned on the podcast. You have an incredible idea that you would like to turn into a deep powerhouse passion at Hoopball. There's your, there's your call. And not a hobby. Not a screw around. This is, what, this is the thing I want to stress on all of the recruiting pitches we do. This is not like you get to come in and screw around for a half an hour whenever you want to. This is, you know, are you willing to, to put a chunk of your week into growing something special? So if you've got an idea, lay it on me. What's the worst thing that happens? I say, nah, nope. That's not very bad. I say, thanks. Thanks for the submission. Thanks for the idea. But nah. What's the best thing that happens? You start a new chapter? You get going on a, something that turns into a career a couple years down the line? Who knows? So hit me up on Twitter, guys. I'm open. I'm an open book. Dan Bespris, D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S on Twitter, or teamhoopball at hoop-ball.com. That's the website. 
Thanks again for all the ratings and reviews, guys. We're on Gunning for 635. You know the rule today. Steal your parents' phone. Review the show on it. I am Dan Vespers. This is Fantasy NBA Today. Enjoy your Tuesday. We'll talk to you tomorrow. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.